1: He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spudman, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spudman. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's spud b spud Goodman.
2: Greetings. I am Spud. Spud Goodman. Mmm.
0: Oh, that is terrific.
2: And I would like to thank each and every one of you now listening. You know, I know you probably have way more important things to do, you know, than checking out this little radio program. And though some have said I may not be operating on all cylinders, I am not delusional. With all the options people have these days for entertainment, well, you know, let's just say even if you landed on this show by accident, we are extremely grateful. Or, or at least I am. I can't speak for others in this studio. I mean, maybe they are so into themselves that they're unable to feel and express gratitude to their fellow man. Yeah, well, with that said, you know, I'm now going to introduce the show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Hey, give us a hearty belly laugh. And why not go big right from the start? Yes! Okay.
3: <laughs> Boy, for that one, I had to dig into the depths of my diaphragm. Yeah. How was it?
2: Very impressive. Top shelf. So, so now I'm obligated to introduce our temporary permanent co host, uh, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, you, know, you really, there's no need to say or do anything. Uh, just feel free to just continue to sit on the couch, right, you know, there and just nap through the show if you want. Because <laughs> I, I have everything covered. You, well, <laughs> yeah, I,
4: I would never not put 110% into each and every show, Spud. This is not just a job to me, this is what I was put on this earth to do. Come on, yo.
2: And what again is it you do?
4: Well, I feel I'm one of the best co hosts on radio right now. In fact, I might just
2: be in the top two or three.
3: Oh, I wasn't aware of this. Uh, neither was I.
2: Is there some kind of well, list of co hosts somewhere that I can verify your unconfirmed boasting?
3: You know, people lie a lot, so you gotta be on your toes.
2: Uh, who said you're on one of those best co hosts on the radio list things? I mean, your wife and kids? I don't think they're voting members of the Academy. I really don't.
4: You would be surprised by some of the
2: supportive emails
4: I've received in the last couple of months. I've got some very committed fans. Um,
2: I think I need hard copies of any alleged fan mail. I'm not taking your word for it. You know, I myself have received three or four emails of support, too. Would you like to see them? I mean, yeah, okay, no. maybe, maybe one of them was from a guy I went to high school with. Oh, but all forever. the others are productive members of society. I would put my fan mail up against yours any day of the week. Hey, l- let's do a word count and see who got you know, got more total words in their emails. Okay, okay, that
4: won't be necessary. Uh, listen, I'm happy for you that some listeners have recognized your efforts on this show.
3: Hey, uh, I believe I've received over 200 emails from listeners so far this month. I'm not sure of the exact count, but do you want to see any of them? I can pull them up on no, my phone no, here. No,
4: no, no, no. That, that won't be necessary, uh, Mrs. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's okay. Oh, you know, well. But there has to be some reason why I don't receive tons of fan mail. Seriously. And, I mean, you know, it's something I've been thinking about lately while I'm in bed and you know, can't sleep. And in those times, I tend to focus on why my career is going nowhere after all these years. So, like, you know, I do a deep dive looking for a reason. And, and at this point, I have not ruled out foul play, you know? I mean, it's a real possibility. What are you
4: are you talking about a conspiracy or something that is preventing you from achieving
2: success? Yeah, I am. Think about it. There are so many guys in radio
1: who are way more
3: popular than me. Why? There has to be a reason, and I need to find out. And what if you're wrong? As your aunt, I don't want to see you getting your hopes up that there's some sinister force that has brought about your dead-end career in radio. Really, everybody can't be a star. Well, you know what?
2: I think there's a real possibility I could be the victim of one of those Russian hackers. Russia, if you're listening. Think about it. They're really good at manipulating all sorts of stuff in this country. Not just our elections, but, but they have their hands on everything. Why not sabotaging, like, a certain person in the radio business, too? Because they can. That's why. Ah, oh, jeez. Yeah, but I hope you
4: don't believe that bogus story about those evil Russian hackers working to elect Donald Trump. Uh, it's all fake news. You know, the man won fair and square. You <laughs> really you need to accept the truth. And I seriously doubt anyone would get involved in tampering with your careers, but You know, from, from what I've read, other countries' intelligence agencies, besides Russia, are more focused on creating total
2: havoc across our society. Uh, I am part of society, if you're not aware. The more I think about this... I'm pretty positive there's foul play involved here. And I know Uh, Russia isn't, they're behind it. I know this. But right now, uh, we can discuss this further because I have to introduce our musical guest, who I will be interviewing a little later on in the program. All right, here is Hellbelly.
1: Jesus why would he be anywhere else? He said hey would you like to follow me underneath the bridge? I have work to do Everybody let's go Everybody let's go Everybody get on your feet They're saving and judging them by the millions Everybody say go Anybody can go Everybody get on your feet Unless you're gay or having an abortion The Holy Spirit Heal to toe I command thee In the city of Philly They have a place called the Hood. Jesus was such an amazing dancer He got to talking about all his followers And how you always ignore the red letter Everybody let's go Everybody let's go Everybody get on your feet They're saving and touching them by the millions Everybody say go Anybody can go Everybody get on your feet Unless you're gay or having an abortion Heel to toe Bless you child Heel to toe You're all good little lemons! Goodman,
5: Goodman show. Ah, 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 ah. Mm. Ah. Mm. Mm. This is a Spud Goodman, Goodman, Goodman Show. Hey, what's up? This is Marvel Wayans. Uh, I have no idea what the
1: hell I'm doing on the Spud Goodman show, but um obviously somebody hypnotized me. So I guess why well, listen in.
4: Uh Spud. Yeah. Your first guest Jane Lynch is waiting to speak with you. And she was on the show before a couple of years ago and I do remember that Glee show she was on. Cool. I love Jane. It's amazing though you're actually aware of a guest and their career. Well, I didn't say we watched Glee. Our family felt it was way too liberal in its message. You know, but they often discussed um homosexual relations on that show.
1: What's with you, Johan? Huh?
2: Uh, yeah, and, and if you dug real deep into the Holcomb family tree, your family tree, you'd find a heck of a lot of, of, like, probably gay and transgender people on the branches. You just need to look carefully.
4: Uh, I'm not aware of any of those people on my
2: family trees, but...
0: I'm gonna have to go ahead and sort of disagree with you there.
2: Like I said, I, I think you need to look a, a, a bit more carefully, and you'd be surprised. But anyway, put Jane through, please. Oh, here she is. Welcome back to the show, actress, singer, comedian, uh, Ms. Jane Lynch. Thanks a bunch for checking in with us.
6: Oh, my pleasure. I can't wait to see you all.
2: Yeah, well, okay, very soon. yeah, let me start by stating you'll be appearing in Seattle with your a swinging little Christmas show on the 29th and 30th with two shows each night at 6.30 and 9.30 at the Triple Door and also we in other it. cities around the country. An added bonus is the lovely Clay, Kate Flannery will be with you yeah. on stage. We're fans of Kate, a.k.a. Meredith on The Office because her, her character is kind of our target demo, so it should be a swell time for all. <laughs> yeah,
6: great. Oh, yeah, then everybody please come out. Yeah, we put this album out last year called The and Little Christmas, and it's a very retro, like uh, 1959, 1960, you know, we've got a jazz band, it's some terrific, um, uh, and some terrific arrangements of classic carols, and if you were out at the Triple Door two years ago, we were out there too, we did our cabaret show there, so it's the same personnel, it's the same amount of fun, Kate is up to the same shenanigans, and uh, it's a blast.
2: Alright, super. Well, you know, on another topic, I was going to ask you this. Is it true that soon you just might be taking on the TV talk show uh, thing? Is that, is that possible? No, that's not true.
6: Um, I, I wasn't doing a talk show. We're in development for something in daytime, but it's not a talk show. But uh, yeah, that when I have something to say about it, I certainly will. But yeah, it's not a talk show.
2: Okay, not a talk show, so, But may, maybe someday you might have a show, though, and you'd be going to head-to-head with all the other. I, I mean, I, I'm just saying, I was excited when I, when I, when I read about oh, it. Oh, well,
6: thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear of your excitement. I will pass it on to the next time we have a meeting. Yeah, we're still putting it together.
2: All right. Well, hey, you know, in that meeting, I was going to say, yeah, I don't think you guys want to do those paternity test things, because that's been done so oh, much. Oh, honey.
6: <laughs> that is not. I, I, I wouldn't
2: uh, uh, go to a, a show to downgrade myself. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. All right, all right, all right. The so well,
6: Jerry Springer thing. I think we'll leave that to Jerry Springer.
2: Right, okay, all right. Well, let's touch on your film career for a moment. Um, you worked what? with the comic genius Sir Christopher Guest on Best in Show, A Mighty Wind, For Your Consideration, and Mascots. So you worked with him before and after he was knighted. So did you notice much difference in him? Like, did he demand to be called Sir on the set afterwards?
6: <laughs> I think subtly he was uh, trying to push us to do that, but no one fell for it. No, you'd never know that he was a sir. He's a, a, a regular awesome guy.
2: Well, well, the, uh, I think everybody that has that is, is a fan of, of those films uh, would mm-hmm. wonder this because this, this has crossed my mind. Just how tough was it working with that talented cast in those films to keep it under control and not break character when everybody's really rolling? Uh, really, I, I bet it was difficult.
6: The least. That is the least of the problems. You're not so much afraid. You, you know, I think the, the biggest worry for me, and every time I step into it, and it's something I, I get better and better at, is you know going nose-to-nose uh, to nose and toe-to-toe to toe with some of the best improvisational actors on the planet. And you just hope that you're going to be, be able to hold up your own. Um, so, no, you're not so much worried about laughing. <laughs> you're just trying to stay in the moment and um, uh, you know see what they throw at you. And you throw some stuff back. It's like keeping a balloon in the air. It's a lot of fun once you stop worrying about it.
2: Well, the process that he uses, that you guys, uh, you know, do in mm-hmm. the film, th- does he give you uh, your own take? Like, if you have an idea, or, or how scripted is it? That's what everybody kind of wants to know. It's not scripted
6: at all. The dialogue isn't scripted. You know, the situation is, you know, dictated to us. You're, you know, this has to happen in this scene, and um, that's about it. You know, he's got a story, a really strong uh, story outline, and each scene has a, a, an objective. But we get to go in there and do whatever we want. Sometimes the takes are five, ten minutes long; they go on forever and ever. Um, So the the art of this, uh, um, I think, this form is in in the editing, and that's Christopher in a dark room with our editor (laughs) for, you know, sometimes up to a year putting it together.
2: So, so you get your character, and then do you just you just basically sit down and make mental notes on how you're going to approach each scene?
6: Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, in fact, I do probably more. You know Biography work On the characters For the Christopher Guest films Because you are Pretty much creating them Out of whole class You know You have have, uh, Complete freedom to um, You know He gives you some Given circumstances But then you get to go From there Uh, So yeah You know uh, You do most of your work In your head At home And I know people Work differently I I actually You know Kind of write down Qualities And um, how I work On a voice I work on What I want to wear And um, I know Some people Kind of You know Like Chris He doesn't he barely does any (laughs) um, um, uh, preparation at all, he just lets the camera roll. Wow. And, um, uh, And also, well, there's no rehearsal, so you show up and you're ready to go, and he just starts rolling immediately.
2: Wow, very cool. Well, this is kind of off-topic. Um, on this show, we're, we're discussing uh, those darn Russian hackers and how they seem to have figured out how to mess with us all in some fashion. If not on Facebook or Twitter, they could be anywhere. Because I personally feel they've hacked my Alexa in my living room. Every time I mention Trump is a clown, the power goes out for a little bit, just long enough to annoy. So have they messed with you at all?
6: No, I haven't noticed that, but that's interesting. That's very funny.
2: Well, stay on your toes. I'm just telling you that. So. Yeah, all right. I
6: will keep an eye out for that. Ernie or ear out.
2: Spud, yeah. why must you put such thoughts into
4: Jane's head? As Vladimir Putin told our president, he and his country did not meddle in our election. Everyone knows there are no Russian
2: hackers, so don't make her paranoid about this. Uh, Hey Jane, just a second. So I guess you and Trump are the only two living beings on earth who actually believe that guy. How do you explain every time I start yelling at the TV screen while watching Hannity, Tucker Carlson, or Laura Ingraham. That Alexa thing I got last year for Christmas turns the power off in my apartment for a minute or so. Like I'm being warned if I don't stop, maybe my Doritos might get poisoned.
3: Oh, with all the bags of Doritos you eat, Spud, you would be dead really quick.
2: I know. It's tough now deciding whether to open my mouth and express my opinion to the TV set or bite my tongue so I can live. But, but it's really hard during Hannity's show, especially. Do you understand how difficult it would
4: be for Russian hackers to utilize that Amazon Echo device to
2: harass you in your home? It would be impossible. And they said no one would ever walk on the
3: moon or be able to bleach your teeth white while sitting at home? Oh, Spud, that's true. Who would have figured that teeth-bleaching thing at home would be so easy?
4: Uh, well, just be aware that it is not appropriate to cause undue worry in others by telling outlandish tales. I find that somewhat ironic, considering
2: the right-wing fake media you enjoy so much. Just let me get back to Jane. All right, I'm back. Wonderful. Well, uh, you know, on, on the political thing, too, I kind of wanted to hit you with this. Just between you and me, uh, regarding our current committee Yeah, commander right, in chief, just between you and me and yeah. all of
6: your listeners. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But would, wouldn't it have been nice if the uh, hashtag MeToo movement had started like one year earlier and maybe the 11 women accusing him would have been heard, actually heard? Because timing's kind of no, everything.
6: Well, I think everything happens, um, uh, you know, as a result of what happened before. So maybe we we wouldn't even have gotten to the hashtag MeToo. Who knows when's the best time for any of this to happen? I'm just very glad that um, it's happening now. And people are stepping up and there's hopefully going to be less fear. And, um, you know, I just read that uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Gail Gadot, she uh, is not going to do another Wonder Woman until they take off a certain person who has been accused of uh, sexual harassment. So... You know, I, I think it's a it's a wonderful thing that she's using her newfound power that way, and you know, uh, very you know her newfound Wonder Woman power.
2: Really? Yeah. Well, I guess I guess it would be kind of nice though that our Commander in Chief actually faced the same sort of um, uh, reality that everybody else seems to be in the business and entertainment world. It's kind of curious that he's the only guy who's getting a pass. That's just my only comment. So anyway, oh, all right. Who's getting a pass? Uh, our commander-in-chief seems to have gotten a pass. Oh,
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, anybody on that, kind of that Republican well, I mean, two of them, Roy Moore as well, Everybody's sticking with him. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a different, um, uh, you know, I don't know. You know, th- this whole thing of him being president, it, it still shocks me. <laughs> so I, I almost don't know how to answer that. I don't know that, he, I don't know that anybody gets a pass in terms of... Um, you know the karmic consequences, so we'll see what happens and see if he gets
2: a pat. Well, that's that's comforting. Nothing about that. All right. Well, let me end yes, this yes. in this segment with my required question. I don't remember if I asked yeah. you this. You were on the show uh, a few, couple years ago. Um, Jane Lynch, what has been your most memorable moment in showbiz? Uh, I know it's cliche, but that's in my contract. I need to ask this. Anything come to yeah, mind?
6: The cliche. Sometimes the cliche questions get the are the best answer. So let me think. Um, the most memorable moment. No, I was doing, the, well, this just comes to mind. I think I have a lot, but this one jumped to the forefront of my memory and raised its hand. Um, I was doing Julie Julia with Meryl Streep, and this was, was my first day with her, and I was very nervous. And I was playing her sister, and we did a scene in a, a restaurant in Brooklyn. And as we were walking back to our trailers, we were walking separately. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I wasn't very social with her. I just kind of allowed her to do what she was doing. And as we were walking back to our trailers, she... Uh, put her arm in mine and we walked across the street together and that felt like uh, affirmation confirmation dream come true that yeah. was the moment walked yeah arm and arm with the, uh, Meryl Streep
2: very cool alright super yeah. okay well I I want to remind everyone that you will be in Seattle on the 29th and 30th with your a swinging little Christmas show at the Triple Door yeah. with two shows 630 and you're also in other cities around the country so uh, yeah. I mean, everybody needs to look out for it um, so yeah, go to janelynchofficial.com
6: and uh, there's the whole the whole tour thing. We'll be in Portland the night before
7: if some of your listeners are in Portland. We'll be in
2: Portland the, what is that, the 28th. All right. Super. Okay. All right. That's that's Jane Lynch, official.com, everybody. So we appreciate you so much for coming back on the show. Pleasure. Take care. All right, Miss Jane Lynch.
0: Spud's not going anywhere and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment.
1: The mother of the mother of the mother of the mother of the mother the mother of of the mother of the mother of the mother the mother of the mother of the
0: mother We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show.
2: So getting back to what we were talking about, you, Gerald, may poo-poo the damage those Russian hackers have done in our last presidential election and to other Americans to this day, but you do so at your own peril. Or or maybe just my peril, because you're not important enough for them to mess with anyway, now that I think about it. Oh, so just well, disregard that. I right. don't know
4: about that. You know, a radio show co-host position is highly respected in most parts of the world. You, you do know a lot of countries ban talk radio shows. So this is an important job. Well,
3: well, I know the Russian trolls would never bother with a designated laugher. But if they did, I would track them down into the gates of hell as no way am I allowing some pimply-faced teenager in Leningrad to cause mischief in this country.
2: Good call, yo. Well, think about it. Wow. How, how did Donald Trump win the general election? For the record, on a prehistoric technicality, that's how. That stupid 12th Amendment, a.k.a. the Electoral College, tacked on by those founding fathers. You know, just maybe it was an idea... Possibly from the KGB. I don't really know what they called Russian intelligence way back then, but, you know, I bet the Russkies had a plan to cause a bunch of delays. You know, maybe they slipped in some disappearing ink and Uh. the Quills wouldn't let Madison and Hamilton (laughs) write anything, so then they just got, like, really burned out and tired and was probably late at night and everyone finally just signed off on it because the sun was coming up and then they had to, like, get home right away, back to their plantations to make sure their slaves were out of bed, you know, to do their chores. And it only makes common sense. You know, Spud, there's no need to
4: relitigate the
2: past election. You liberals need to get over it and move on. Never. So, I'm almost positive those Russian dudes are pulling the online strings of this country. I'm positive. Right now, and they need to be put on notice that we are not just going to bend over and take it. You know what I mean? No. No, I do not. You
4: know what I mean!
3: Oh, Spud dear, I think I know what you're getting at here. Well,
2: the first step is proving a crime was committed. That's, that's what, yeah, I got to work on that. And in my case, I'm saying right now, I will dedicate all of my waking hours to determine what these foreign punks are doing. They're sabotaging my career as I speak. Oh, it would explain boy. so much. I'm going to work on this. Okay,
4: you're saying you will forego all of your free time activities to pursue this? Are you sure about that? I mean,
2: you love your binge watching. Well, I bet I can do both. No, you can't. No, I really think I can still keep up on all of my favorite shows on cable TV, Hulu, Amazon, and Netflix, <laughs> while at the same time investigating who, what, when, where, and why this is happening. To me it's a travesty. Well, to me it is. Travesty is a bit dramatic
4: and I, I I think the who, what, when, where and why is the credo for newspaper journalists. You're right, so- Gerald
3: that it was actually i was editor of my college newspaper and that was what was written on the chalkboard in our workspace whatever Uh, i will just follow the evidence and see where it leads me Uh
4: do you know what corpus delicti means you can't get a murder conviction without a body so who's the victim here Hello,
2: right here. Do, you? Do you really think I would be stuck in the lowest level of the radio industry food chain without outside intervention? Foreign intervention? It's, it's, it's as good a reason as anything else. And where do you come up with... I gotta ask you this. Where yeah. did you come up? I gotta mellow out here. With that, that fancy legal term, uh, corpus delecti. Um, I mean, you were a dance major at BYU, right?
1: Yeah. <clears throat>
4: well... I've seen most episodes of Law & Order. You can pick up a lot from that show. And, by the way, I was a business major.
2: Oh, well. well, I I plan to take an online course soon to finally finish up after all these years. Yeah, well, just get back to me on this issue when you're a real college graduate, okay? But right right. now, do your job and see if our next guest is ready to go.
4: Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, uh, Spud, I'm being told your next guest john c mcginley is on the okay you know i really like this guy great actor and a great person you know i did used to watch that show he was on scrubs it was pretty funny but at times somewhat risque
8: the masturbation network keeping america baiting for 300 years
2: it was a network sitcom man yeah though it was pretty funny i gotta say but he has a new show on ifc that's pretty cool it's funny, too, by the way. But, you know, John can can do the serious stuff also. He's a very talented dude. So should I put him through? No. Let's keep him on hold for a few hours. Well, yes, put him through, for God's sakes. All right, here he is. Welcome back to the show, actor and author John C. McGinley. Thanks much for spending a little bit of time with us.
0: Thanks, bud. Seattle's one of my favorite spots on the entire planet, so it's nice to be with you.
2: Yeah. All right, well, your IFC series Stan Against Evil has returned for season two, airing each Wednesday night at 10, 9 central. People were looking forward to new episodes after the first season.
0: Yeah, the first season, so, so, so for the uninformed, Stan Against Evil is kind of Archie Bunker fighting witches, and I play a guy named Stan, who's a sheriff in this New Hampshire town, and it turns out every sheriff uh, for the last... 300 years has been haunted by witches trying to kill them and so there's 170 witches who were burned at the stake back in salem days and they've all they just kill every sheriff that comes along mm. and i uh i've been protected from them by my now dead wife and so now i have to Fend for myself, and it's Archie Bunker fighting witches. Danny Gould, who was one of the head writers on The Simpsons for 12 years, is the head writer and uh, the co- the, the co-creator of it, and uh, we're just having a huge time.
2: Yeah, Dana's been on our show before. And I was thinking, with his Simpsons money, he really doesn't have to work, but he keeps turning out interesting stuff. I got to say, uh,
0: Dan is a huge, huge brain. He's very cerebrally nimble. And on the set, he, he's, he's agile enough to be able to just switch stuff on the fly, which gives you a fighting chance because when you get on a set, stuff's gonna go wrong. Um, either a light's gonna go out or, or there's any number of, of an infinite litany of problems. And you have to be agile enough to be able to audible at the line of scrimmage. And,
2: yeah.
0: and Dana does that, and it makes the set uh, a place where possible is, is possible.
2: Oh, super. All right, so is the takeaway with this show for future real estate developers around the country is never, ever build a planned community on a site where a bunch of witches have been burned at the stake?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad takeaway spot.
2: That's what I was thinking.
0: Well, I, I just love that the hero, um, Stan, the, the only thing he wants to do now that is. In the context of the show, now that he's lost his wife and he's lost his job, all he wants to do is sit in his rocking chair and have a thousand beers and watch the History Channel. But he can't even do that because there's 150 witches trying to kill him. And so he will do heroic things, but only because if he doesn't do heroic things, he'll have to hear about it. And so that's just the most ass-backwards motivation for a hero to, to do something that I've ever heard. And it's fantastic.
2: Oh, all right, super. Well, you know, this is a little bit off topic, but you know, on our show right now, we're, we're, we've been discussing those darn Russian hackers. They, they don't have another election, I guess, to meddle in until the midterm. So I'm thinking they're bored out of their minds right now and are screwing with random people. Have they ever been, have they bothered you at all?
0: I haven't been hacked yet.
2: Okay, all right, just wanted to ask. I'm asking my guests that, so all right. Uh, Spud, yeah.
4: Well, I can't believe
2: you're trying to put this thought into the mind of another
4: guest. I'm in hopes Jane Lynch is not currently experiencing anxiety after hearing your misinformation. And now you try and spread this fake
2: news to John C. McGinley, too? Have you no decency, sir? Uh, uh, John, I need a moment. Not when it comes to foreign... Agents messing with the United States of America.
3: Someone has to be the Paul Revere who will sound the alarm about those sneaky, you know, Putin lackeys. Well, I know I am going to finally get one of those antivirus programs for my computer you after think? hearing what Spud has been saying is going on in this country. No, 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 no. It's, Spud, Good Russia idea. is our friend. I, I just don't understand
2: why you're so irrational. And, and about WikiLeaks these is the beacon for freedom and liberty, too, right? Yeah, it's. It's a paid-for freaking program by the KGB or FSB or whatever they're called nowadays. And who knows who they're going to hack into next. Maybe your very own computer. Do you own a computer? Well, of course. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I mean, I'm have pretty a computer. positive you do.
4: I, I think it's a, a Commodore hope Amiga you do. 1200. It's Amiga got a lot 1200? of miles on it, but it, I tell you, it still runs like a top. Oh, how's CompuServe working out for you? Oh, well, I think we switched over to AOL these days. But Good. the point I'm trying to make here is don't burden our guests with your
2: scare tactics. It's not right. You would have made a great scout for General Custer at Little Bighorn. Now let me get back to John. Okay, sorry about that brief interruption. Hey, smart. Well, looking back at your many years on the show uh, with Scrubs, uh, playing Dr. Perry Cox, just how wild was it to be asked to deliver the commencement address at the uh, UC uh, uh, San Francisco's School of Medicine uh, back in 2005? Did you wear scrubs, by the way, to that address?
0: No, God, I had about a, I had a beautiful Armani suit on. No, oh. uh, that was one of the that was one of the great afternoons of of my life. Uh, um, dean Kessler, who had been uh, in the uh, Clinton administration, uh, was the Dean of San Francisco uh, at that time. and he invited us up there, and uh, my my then girlfriend and now wife, uh, Nicole, and I went up there, and it was really, pretty, pretty exciting to be associated with young people who were just right on the doorstep of being doctors. And uh, that was that was really an authentically exciting and amazing day.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if I asked you this the last time you were on But to, you know everybody does know Perry Cox quite well I mean, he's a, he's a, a, a cultural figure in television do, do, you, do you ever get stopped and asked for any kind of medical advice?
0: Yeah, I do And I don't, I don't have any <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to remember my lines from Standing and Steve I, I don't have any medical
2: advice You never t- just off the top of your head uh, pull out of your butt and Just throw out some stuff? And that's never happened, huh? No, no, all right, all right. All right. Well, on, on a more serious topic, when you're—this is something we talked about previously when you're on um, your, your work with the campaign to eradicate the, the use of the R word in our vernacular. Uh, how, how's the effort going? Because it seems like there's been a bit of progress.
0: Yeah, it's baby steps. I mean, people are still using the N word 170 years later, so it's, yeah. it's baby steps. And. Uh, uh, the the R word is the word retard and retarded, and, and what the campaign with the Special Olympics is called is sp- called Spread the Word to End the Word, and it's a viral campaign that's on the Special Olympics website, and all we're doing is trying to encourage people to maybe replace that language with compassion, and, and maybe just sprinkle some love in their language instead of uh, putting down a community that, that has never done anything to anyone and never will.
2: Yeah, well stated, well stated. All right. Well, before I let you go, I want to remind everyone again that the second season of Stan Against Evil is now airing on IFC, Wednesdays at 10, 9 Central. Hey, we really, really appreciate you coming back on our show. Thanks,
0: bud. I'll look forward to seeing you next time.
2: Absolutely. Mr. John C. McGinley. For all who love beautiful music,
0: there's one program you must hear. This is the Spud Show.
2: It's musical guest interview time, so say hello to Hellbelly. Gentlemen, state your birth name and your favorite calisthenic. I myself am a jumping jack guy, so anyway, I thought I'd throw that out.
9: My name is Eric. I'm not telling you my birthday. And I like Stretch Armstrong.
1: Oh
7: i'm brian my birthday is february 18th that makes me an aquarius and i can touch my toes
2: super uh my name is
7: ryan Mungia. my birthday is april
5: 2nd and i do jumping jacks every now and then all righty
7: yeah go ahead tom Uh, i'm tommy um i was born in october and I really enjoy doing a bear crawl. Oh, Those are wow. tough. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to state for the record that you are my aunt's favorite band. Sweet. I guess the, the truth is out. So, and she pressured me basically to book you guys. So how did you guys get such a hold on her affections?
9: Um, she was in the front row, show after show after show, and um, constantly, constantly, constantly giving us love. Wow. She can mosh with the best of them.
2: That's. I had no idea. I had no idea. Wow. And Dorothy, we're gonna talk later. Well, just please don't take her on your tour bus after the show. She's got to give me a ride home.
9: Bogney's been trying to get her number for every show.
2: Yeah, right. Just remember, she packs tiger claws and mace. Just keep it, and, and there's me too. You're gonna have to go through. Just remember that. So I got your back. All right. All right. I appreciate that. All right. So may I ask the origin of the band's name? Is there any direct or even distant connection to Satan himself? He resides in hell. I mean, there is that belly of the beast reference that could be about him. And, and as an investigative journalist, I put all the evidence together and found there could be a connection. Please respond.
7: No. Okay. None whatsoever. It's about a long night and your trip to the bathroom afterwards.
2: Oh. Mm. Well, thank you for correcting the record. Yeah. The yeah.
7: emphasis on, on belly. Like... Hellbelly.
2: Okay. All right. Great, fine. Okay. Super. Um, so what is the overall plan for the band? Where do you guys want to be in 17 to 21 months?
9: Not in line for prescriptions.
2: Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. So ha- have all you discussed the reunion tour 20 years from now for Hellbelly?
7: Brian will be dead.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. We discussed
7: the fact that Eric, the lead singer, will be in the casinos with a bunch of nineteen year old musicians <laughs> cashing in on our fame from twenty years ago.
2: Okay, super. I'm um, saving
7: the hit song for last.
2: It's getting very depressing. So where can people get a hold of Hellbelly Records?
9: <clears throat> Nobody can buy records anymore.
2: Good point. Okay, fine. What's the name of the what's the name of the next damn song then?
7: You can buy you can get our records online at hellbellyoli.com. And the next song is called Blithering Idiot.
2: Well, let's do it.
1: Falling off
0: Goodman Radio Show. Hello, this is BrisbaneGlover.com and you're listening to the Spud Goodman Show. Thank you.
4: Uh, Spud, your yes? last guest, Ross Lynch, is holding for you.
2: Okay, I'm not sure you're aware of Ross and oh. his...
4: Oh, of course I'm aware of Ross. He was okay. on one of my family's All-time favorite shows, Austin and Allie. Do you know it? Um, It was on the Disney Channel. We never missed an episode. That was a great show. And uh, I got to tell you, the whole family was really disappointed when it was canceled.
2: I don't understand. Uh,
4: Okay, good to know. Well, are you going to ask him if he's still with Allie? Uh, dude, it was a TV show I doubt they ever dated in real life. Well, you don't know that. You know, they were very close, and they were a really good team. She was a great songwriter, and he was a knockout rock and roll singer. Uh, chill. Yeah. Just
2: chill, please. You're, you're creeping me out here. Oh. Just put Ross through. Okay, okay, sure. Here here he is. Please say hello to and musician Ross Lynch. Thanks much for coming on our show. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Yeah. Alrighty, well, you're the star of the new film, My Friend Dahmer, and it is now showing in theaters nationwide and in Seattle at the Regal Meridian 16. Now, it's about the high school years of the late serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer, correct?
5: It is, it is. It's all from the perspective of someone who actually went to high school with Jeffrey Dahmer. So that this movie is about all the events that took place in the years of his life before he ever killed his first victim. Um... And it's really quite an interesting story, if I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I've ever seen a movie about, you know, a serial killer as a young man. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really interesting film.
2: Well, let's begin with a quote from Dahmer himself. I had read this. Uh, when I was a kid, I was just like anybody else. So was your take on the role is that he was no different than any other kids growing up in the late 70s?
5: You know, based on my experience with the story of Jeffrey Dahmer and and what I've been told, he definitely had his quirky—or not quirky—but you know, his things that set him apart from normal people. You know, I don't—I don't know many people who have a shack of dissected animals in their backyard. You know what I mean?
7: Yeah, I hear um, that.
5: but Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer does refer to high school as some of the best years of his life. Actually, the happiest time of his life, which is. I thought was interesting.
7: Really?
2: Well, I understand you yeah. guys shot scenes in the actual Dahmer uh, house that he grew up in. How was that experience?
5: We did. It was actually interesting because I'm playing a young Jeffrey Dahmer. My mindset was, this is just my house for the time being kind of thing. But to the, a lot of the crew, it was very, very, very eerie. And, and for me as well, in certain scenarios, if we were doing a certain scene that was a little more creepy or, you know, it was nighttime or things like that. Then I would feel the eeriness of the house. But overall, it was actually a beautiful house. And the Akron, Ohio scenery is very lush and beautiful. So it's it kind of interesting.
2: I was curious, do the current occupants have to deal with like out-of-town people who make it a must-see on driving through that uh, northeastern Ohio town?
5: No, I don't. I actually don't think that's a thing. I, I don't know if, like, people would show up to that house all the time.
2: I don't know if people know where it is. Okay. All right. Now, I, I don't really, yeah, I don't think I'll be asking the specifics, uh, quadrants or whatever. So, all right. Um.
4: <laughs> uh, say, say, Spud. Yeah. Well, you know, the house I grew up in has garnered a bit of notoriety over the years. Hey, As Ross, become- j- just a second. What house? The the house I grew up in. I've been told by the new owners that a number of people have driven by, and some people have actually stopped to ask if this is really the house that Gerald Holcomb grew up in. No
3: freaking way. Who
2: the hell cares about the house you grew up in?
3: Well, Well, hey, I have pretty darn good serial killer radar, and no way you are one. No, no.
4: I, I was just a very well-respected kid growing up in the neighborhood. I was once written up in the local paper. I was voted the top paper boy in town. People loved the way how I always delivered their paper, no matter what the weather was like.
2: I think the new owners of your family's house must be meth addicts or something and it had conversations with imaginary Gerald Holcomb fans. It never happened. Well, I know for
4: sure an old buddy did stop by and visited with them, so I, you're wrong, Spud.
3: Um, uh, so did you ever try and dissect... A squirrel or a mole growing up? Me? Oh, of course not. I love all animals. See, I told you, he's no serial killer. Right? Yeah, I knew that. But Hey, let me get
2: back to Ross. Okay, sorry about that, but I'm back. Awesome. Um, well, Ross, you, you previously were the star of the Disney TV show Austin and Alley for four seasons. It was what? very popular. So uh, it, would it be accurate to say you've had to deal with a considerable amount of attention from very young females around the clock for years?
5: <laughs> I was like how you say how to deal with. <laughs> it's uh yeah, I've, I've been very fortunate to have you know a career where I could, you know, be able to tour the world, and 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 obviously Austin Alley is a is a great reason why I can do that, and I'm 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 just really fortunate to uh, be in the situation, and I I like being able to you know play music for all these people.
2: Yeah, well did, did it ever become so annoying that you maybe wished you weren't so darn good looking cuz I I mean it's a first world problem but still it's a the bear. I just is that that ne- never uh, crossed your mind you wish you weren't so good looking?
5: I <laughs> I don't necessarily look in the mirror and and, and think that I'm extraordinary looking anyway.
2: <laughs> all right. All right. I had to I had to hit you with that, but okay. Well, you <laughs> you're actually in the second most watched cable movie of all time teen beach movie. Yeah. What was that one about? <laughs>
5: yeah. That one is about um, essentially these two teenagers that tr- that sort of get transported into this movie, and it's a musical, and they kind of go through this whole adventure on how to save the movie, put it back on track, and then also get themselves home before they fade away. Um, that was uh, that was a fun experience, though. That was about I want to say four years ago or something like that. It was a long time ago. It feels like.
2: I, I'm um, thinking it's still that being was really watched. Fun. I
5: mean, yeah. Sorry?
2: It's still being watched, from what I read. It's uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, you were in a, you were in a very, very popular movie. So, um, I guess what I'm, it's just kind of a theme here. You, you're doing quite well in your career. I'm gonna, I'm gonna segue into your music career now. Uh, you're, you're in the okay. band R5 and you tour the world, and uh, so that part's going pretty good. Cause I, well, I mean, you only have three and a half million likes on Facebook, so you know maybe you'll, you'll be able to get the word out on your music. But how, how's that part going?
5: It's going really well man um we got a new single coming out in january and i think the label's really really pumped about it which i'm excited about um but we've been touring all over the world i just did six weeks in states i did six weeks in europe this next week i'm going off to south america and then off to japan um and it's, it's really fun for me man to be able to travel the world with people that i love and play music it's it's a dream scenario come true
2: not a bad life you lead, you know. I gotta say that, Ross. I well,
5: work hard for it too, though.
2: Yeah, yeah oh, I, I'm not, I'm not denying that. Um, okay, well, let me close with this one. All right. <sighs> Prepare yeah. yourself, Ross Lynch. Okay. What are your long-term career goals?
5: <laughs> oh man, it's uh, it's hard to say. Especially recently, I've I've really just trying to be like in the moment right now. You know, try to be present as much as possible. So I've kind of accepted the reality that, you know, whatever I predict is, you know, slim odds, probably. So I want to just really be in the moment right now, and I want to really work as hard as I can and do what I love and whatever feels right in the moment. And uh, I guess we'll see where that takes me. All
2: right. All right. That'll work. Okay, well, all right. I'm going to let you go. Let me remind everyone that your new movie, My Friend Dahmer, is in theaters nationwide. Um, Thank you so much for checking in with us.
5: Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Uh,
2: There you have it, Mr. Ross Lynch.
1: My, how time flies.
2: So a true crime fighter would go to the scene of the actual crime, and with these communist hackers, that would be Facebook. I know they used other social media too, but Facebook was and is the prime tool that they used to screw with America. And I'm I'm saying it's about to stop.
3: Um, Spud, what makes you think you can break open this case as... You know, the CIA, FBI, Homeland Security. Well, actually, there are 17 intelligence agencies now working on this hacking investigation.
4: Yeah, yeah. And and they've come up with one big fat nothing burger.
2: Whatever. And and Dorothy, because it's personal with me, have any of those agents working on this case had their own career impacted by Uh, these evil troublemakers? mm. I think not. Haven't you seen all those movies on TV where whenever someone is personally violated, you know, their kid or their wife gets kidnapped or something, they get pissed off and jump in to save the day like a badass? I'm Teddy powers! That's me
4: right now! No, no, this is not a movie, Spud. You watch way too much TV. You know, my gosh, Donald Trump offered up a very logical theory that the person behind all of this (laughs) Could very well be uh, some 600-pound guy on a couch somewhere in this oh, country. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think Trump said 400-pound guy. Uh, that was called Still. deflecting, uh-huh. or, or as I was taught as a kid, lying.
1: Get him out of here!
3: So
2: let's right take, away. Let's just take a look at the possible damage a band of Russian tech geeks could have done to our own Facebook page. I mean there has to be a reason why we only have like 4,679 people liking our page. Clearly foul play is at hand. I look at some of the other show's Facebook pages, they have like 50,000 or 100,000 likes. Don't you see something's what? fishy here? What? It's, uh,
1: just, it's, no,
4: it's obvious. No, why, Spud, why would a Russian agent waste his time trying to limit your likes on this show's Facebook page. That is ridiculous.
1: That's ridiculous.
2: Are you making fun of me now?
1: i funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make
2: you laugh. Are you making fun of me? Uh, no. And am not trying to. Just, and and that's kind of a sexist thing to say. Why? Why couldn't it be a, a female agent trying to <laughs> ruin my career? Well, let's, let's not get into this gender stereotyping, you know? But. The motivation is clear. I have ripped Trump since the day he came down that escalator when he announced he was running. You know, I read that they have been trying to discredit anyone who is not a Trump puppet. You, you do know, right
4: now, you might be offending a large number of Russian listeners in America who are quite tired of hearing about how their former country rigged our last election.
1: Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that.
4: We're not in the position to be losing listeners, um, any any listeners.
2: I have total faith in American Russians. Okay, they would never mess with me or this country. We have so much more to offer here, like Dancing with the Stars and Jack in the Box. Yes, though, I have seen that show, The Americans, where, you know, someone's next-door neighbor who seems totally American could, in fact, be a Russian spy. But how many of them really exist? You know, maybe a few hundred and over 323 million people. Big freaking deal. I worry about those, you know, still on a keyboard in that country.
3: Okay, okay. I had a neighbor once who I thought was maybe a spy, he was from Canada, and I had no proof, but he just seemed like a spy to me.
8: Hello.
4: I'm Mr. Red. Uh, uh Sp- oh, hang on. R- right now? Oh, I, th- I think I can. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Spud, we, I'm being told, we have a caller on the line, and I believe he's Russian, or at the very least, he speaks Russian. Uh, Chance, our industrious intern, has given me, uh, his phone, and it has an app that translates, really? this is cool, it translates foreign languages into English. Uh, do you want me to give it a try? Yeah,
2: I guess. Hey, hey Chance, now that you loaned your phone to him, Let's how are you going to play yeah. video games for the rest of the show? <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah put, put the call through. Hey, hey Carl, are you there?
8: Yes, this is Dimitri, and I have been listening to this program. Is is this real radio show?
4: Uh, okay, just a moment. Okay, Spud, his name is Dimitri, and he wants to know if this is a real radio show. Dude,
2: dude, dude. He speaks English. I can understand him, sort of. I mean, yes, it is a real radio show. And why are you trying to mess with my career? Oh, brother. You know,
4: I, I'm glad he does speak English because Chance's app is its really terrible, actually.
2: Anyway, so so, dude, why are you guys trying to to screw with everything in this country? I, I can handle you hacking our election and trying to cause a civil war in this country, but when, when you start messing with our social media, well, I draw the line at Facebook, man.
1: Well, if it is war they want, then war they should!
8: Listen, why do you Americans continue to blame your problems on people from other countries? The Russians didn't elect Donald Trump. Your citizens did.
3: Oh, he has a point, Spud. We have no one to blame for that but ourselves. We are that stupid.
4: Wait a minute. I do not consider myself stupid or ill-informed. I love the poorly educated. And I'll say this. I'm proud of my vote for our president.
2: Well, Well, really?
8: Though this man here who is with you, uh, there, he sounds like a dotard. He at least knows Russia is not responsible for all your many problems. The next thing is you will be blaming our motherland for those football players kneeling or Harvey Weinstein. Look,
2: look, look. I I know you aren't guilty of causing all of our social ills, but... Can you promise to stop destroying my career? That's what I'm concerned with. Or or at least cease and desist in deleting the likes on our show's Facebook page, man. I I don't care what you do on my personal page. That doesn't really matter to me. But it's embarrassing to have such a a tiny little number of likes for for the show. Because in show business, size is everything on social media, you know? These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell.
8: Yeah, yeah, I am fairly certain no outside party or country is trying to harm your career, Sput. There are much bigger targets out there. Okay, I have to go now, but please stop the hating on Russia. We are cool people. Goodbye.
2: Yeah, Uh, Dostradhanya. No, he's kind of sounds like a nice guy, but I just don't trust him. I mean, I just don't. You know, all right, I'm being told I have to close the show oh, now. Wait, so anyway.
3: wait. I'm going to try to find Dmitri on Facebook and send him a friend request to see if he's an actual person. Or is he really a bot?
4: You know, if I was I on know. Facebook, I would too. The Russians are our ally now, Spud. These guys, they
0: make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell.
2: You need to change and adapt with the times. Uh, hashtag P-tape. Uh. Coming soon to a cable news channel not named Fox. I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Once again, here is Hellbelly.